0: Welcome to First Baptist Church in Belton. We're glad you found us. We seek to know Jesus intimately, serve Jesus passionately, and share Jesus globally together. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Choir, orchestra, thank you. Susan, Jane, thank you. Gary, Matt, thank you. Wow. Wow. I feel like I've already been to heaven and somebody made me come back. (laughs) I love you, church. It is great to see you this morning. Thank you for coming. Um, In my last messages, I have asked you to remember how much Jesus loves you. I've asked you to remember the greatness of our God. I've asked you to remember the joy of being a Christian I've asked you to remember the importance of sharing Jesus globally. I've asked you to remember the joy and privilege of stewardship. I've asked you to remember the necessity of defending the gospel. I've asked you to remember the importance of baptism and the Lord's Supper. And I've asked you to remember the importance of the home and to remember the importance of the church. Today, I'm going to ask you to remember the love of a pastor. Let's bow our heads together. Father... You are so good to us. Thank you for this incredible church. I love the people of this church and pray your blessing upon them and upon us now as we think about what you have placed upon my heart to share today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank Drs. <clears throat> Leroy and Gene Kemp for their gracious, gracious words. Thank you. I love you both. Uh, Some of you saw this couple sharing, and there may be a few of you who have never met the Kemps and you don't know who they are. Well, you need to know. Uh, Dr. Kemp, Dr. Leroy Kemp, was pastor of this church for 20 years and was my immediate predecessor. And led this church incredibly for those 20 years. I've said many times I inherited a strong church, and that was because of the leadership of Dr. Leroy Kemp. And the Kemps have been so gracious and so kind and so supportive and so encouraging. They're wonderful friends. And I love and appreciate both of you and your wonderful children and all of your family. God bless you. Thank you so, so very much. And uh, to the staff who planned this service today, thank you. Yes, you knew you would make me cry, but that's okay. Eddie assured me this week, Pastor, it's okay. If, if you want to cry, go ahead and cry. So I have, and I probably will, some more. I want to thank Gary and, and Matt for the beautiful music. My soul, you, you have sung my favorites, and I thank you for, for doing that today. So you probably noticed when I came up here that I brought a notebook in 47 years of ministry, I never took a notebook to the pulpit until two years ago when I preached the, the series of sermons on what in the world is happening here. And so during that series, I knew that if I, uh, if I didn't have, if I didn't manuscript, um, that I would chase rabbits all over the face of the earth, and I couldn't do that. So that's why I brought a notebook today. Because if I said everything that I could think of, everything that's on my heart, we would just go right from here to the 3 o'clock parade. But only my family would be left, and I'm not sure very many of them would stay all the way to 3 o'clock. What in the world is happening here? Oh, my. What is the world is happening in this place today? Well, I want you to remember the love of a pastor. I've had the extraordinary privilege of serving as the 20th pastor in the 167-year history of First Baptist Belton. And it's been an incredible honor. When God called me to the ministry from working for an engineering firm, I tried to run away. You know the story. I've shared it. I tried to run away. God would not let me run away. And when I said, Yes, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Believe me. Believe me. I would never have imagined... Pastoring a church like this. Absolutely astonishing. I want to go back 30-something years. You know, um, you younger guys don't know this yet, but older people tend like to reminisce. So you're going to have to put up with a few minutes of that, okay? I want to go way back and I want to thank the search committee that brought me and presented me to you and you approved me. David E. Lee was the chairman. Other members of the committee, Charlie Robinson, Shirley Montgomery, Judy Owens, Danny Scott, and the late Arnold Rowan, and the late Jenny Keith. I told David several times, David, you should write a book when all this is done. And seriously, the committee was incredible and they work so beautifully and professionally and and led by the spirit and i'm grateful to god for all of those incredible men and women i want to recognize my family they're all seated uh, right here at the front so i want sharon to stand up this is my wife and dr kemp thank you that was so sweet thank you for making it our day not just my day and this is my beautiful wife sharon i have more to say about her in a minute and seated Next to her, our granddaughter, McKenna Davis, grandson, Esten Davis, grandson, Matthew Davis, daughter-in-law, Stephanie Davis, and son, Danny Davis. And then let's go to this row. Over here is grandson, Asa Jackson. Next to him, Bennett Jackson. Next to him, our son-in-law, Eric Jackson, our daughter, Christy Jackson, our grandson, Davis Jackson, and my sister, Barbara Kersey. This is my family, and I love them very, very much. I want to thank you for loving my family. You gave my wife the freedom to do what is number one to her, and that is being my wife and mother to our children and now grandmother to our grand- grandchildren. You supported her career outside of the home as an educator first a classroom teacher and then ultimately assistant superintendent of schools in Colleen, from where she retired in june in our years here sharon has as dr kemp said has done everything under everything under the sun she's taught adults she's taught college she's taught youth she's taught children including kindergartners and uh, i could not I could not have carried out my responsibilities without her. She's been at my side, and I love you so much. Danny and Christy. Danny was a sixth grader. Christy was a fourth grader when we moved here. And uh, they were active in their growing up years in children and youth and missions. They were both on that famous mission trip that I talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, to to Brazil that helped to propel us to where we are today as a church. They graduated from Belton High School. And I I just want to tell you, I I want to thank you for loving my children. Never did I ever hear anybody say, oh, the preacher's kids. (laughs) There might have been some times when you could have and should have, but you didn't. You love them. And I thank you for loving my children. Danny went on to Texas A&M. Good. I knew that was coming. <clears throat> Where he met Stephanie, Stephanie Berg of Temple. They didn't know each other living close together. She's a graduate of Temple High School, Danny of Belton, but they met and began to date, fell in love and got married. Went on to Southwestern Seminary and has served churches in College Station, Fort Worth, Mount Vernon, Salado, and then served with Hope for the Hungry and now Together for Haiti. And I love my son and his family. And then my daughter, Christy, went to Dallas Baptist University for a year and a half and then returned and uh, earned her degree at the University of Mary Hardin-Baylor. She and Eric actually met before she came back to Mary Hardin-Baylor and that may be the reason she came back to Mary Harden Baylor. <clears throat> I've never pinned her down on that one. But Eric it's a good reason to come back. And I, I remember, I, did you meet her the day I took you up to help move her? Was that when you all first met? Yeah, okay. I went into the college department. My, my daughter is at DBU. She moved three times. And the third time she moved to an apartment complex that, and she was on the third floor so I did tell her kindly this is the last time I'm moving you and I went to the college department and I said I need two guys to go with me to Dallas to move my daughter and Eric was one of those who volunteered along with one other and so away we go from there so between our children we have seven grandchildren and we love them very very much our My sister Barbara Kersey moved here a little over a year ago so she could be near family. She moved here from Georgia. And I was delighted. I never dreamed I'd get to pastor my sister. Just didn't, wasn't on my radar screen. But I'm so glad that I have that privilege and that opportunity that she moved here. And I worried when she moved here. She knew family, yes, but she didn't, that was it. And, and I was concerned. But my goodness You have embraced her and she's made so many friends. I really think actually she has more friends than I do now. And so I thank you for embracing and welcoming my sister. I want to thank you for your patience, your loyalty and your prayers and for saying yes to so many things that have arisen through the years that we thought we needed to do as a church. I want to thank you for exercising your spiritual gifts for the building of the body of Christ it has been sheer joy to see all of those who come to faith in Christ through the years. The baptisms, which culminated in incredible two services last Sunday. I've had the privilege now of baptizing, this included last Sunday, of baptizing children whose parents I baptized when they were children. That's what happens when you stay somewhere long enough. I've, I, I rejoice at all the weddings that we have had through the years. They have been such a christ focused events and as you might guess i have now started performing the wedding ceremony for the children of couples that i performed their wedding ceremony many many years ago i've done hundreds of funerals and it's been an honor to walk with you through some challenging days and i thank you for the privilege of doing that I've got a book that Matt showed you last week. I've got two of them, a book of ministry that my pastor in Corpus Christi said, you ought to do this. And in it is recorded every sermon I've ever preached, every person I've ever baptized, every person who ever joined the church, every funeral I've done, every wedding I've done, and there's probably a few other things in there I've forgotten. And believe me, when I started it, I didn't realize that when I got to this point how much I would treasure that book. Because if you're a member of this church, then your name is in there. And I will remember you all forever. It has been a joy to serve with the staff. Some incredible men and women. The current staff is absolutely consists of the finest men and women I've ever known. And I thank you for the privilege of serving with them. And I know that you'll continue to encourage and support them in the days ahead. I thank God for the executive staff of Craig, Gary, and Matt Hollingsworth. They bless my life on a daily basis, and the rest of the staff does too. I thank you for allowing me to work with three of the most incredible administrative assistants that a person could ever have, Sharon Ellis, Guyan Wood Henley, and Vicki Weatherby. And I know that Sharon is right here today. Sharon, thank you so much. And I know that Vicki Weatherby is right over here. Vicki, thank you so much. I love and appreciate both of you more than you will ever know. In fact, uh, if it hadn't been for them, you probably would have fired me 20 years ago. They have they have kept me straight and helped me to remember things that I need to remember. Keep me organized. I, I've loved working with the deacon body of this church. I know you've all heard stories of pastors and deacons, and a lot of them are not good. <clears throat> it's never, ever happened here. Never. I've, I've enjoyed the relationship I've had with the deacon bodies. And I've never left a deacon meeting discouraged, never. I've always been encouraged serving with some godly men. The thing that was really a tipping point for our coming here was on the weekend I was here in view of a call and I met with the deacons. On the way home, Sharon and I commented, there's something different about this deacon body. They are truly servants, and we looked forward to the privilege of serving with them. And then, church, thank you for allowing us to bring on elder leadership. We started that process nine years ago. A lot of work went into it, culminated, I think, seven years ago. So I want to thank you for allowing us to do that. And it has been an incredible blessing, an incredible blessing to my life, and I hope to yours uh, I had my last elders meeting on October the 15th. Yes, I cried. Okay, get it out there. I cried. These men have blessed me. And in fact, I <clears throat> want, want you to see what they gave me as a parting gift. <laughs> a basketball and it's signed, not by the Dallas Mavericks, but by something better than that, by the elders. They've all signed it. They put their favorite Bible verse on it. And, and, the, and that, that includes Precious Al Jordan, who's in heaven. No, he did not return and sign it, but his wife Belinda did. And Belinda, thank you for, for doing that. So, Davis, would you take care of this for me? There you go. Alright, thank you, sir. I've loved Sunday school, the backbone, the lifeblood of our church. I love walking around on Sunday mornings, and I'm gonna miss that. I especially love it when I get to the children's department. They seem so surprised to see me, even though I show up at the same places every Sunday. It's like, whoa, Pastor Andy. And I just love that. And I love their hugs and their words of encouragement. I love our worship. I feel as if I've been to the edge of heaven many, many, many times, especially including today. And I love this choir. Thank you. I love you. I love you. I wish I could tuck you in my suitcase and take, me, take you with me. And, and, and I love the orchestra and the praise team. Gary and Matt, what a blessing you guys have been to me. I love our children's ministry and Eddie. I love, I love Brad and our youth ministry. I, I love all of you. I've gotten to go on 22 Agape mission trips. Wow. So I love... The youth, many of them adults, some of them now adults in this church doing the work we did, sleeping on the floor of of gyms and all those kinds of things. What a blessing. Our special needs ministry, our college ministry, our missions ministry. I'm a blessed man. You know, I remember hearing, seeing video of, of Lou Gehrig saying I'm the luckiest man in the world. I don't believe in luck, so I'm not saying I'm the luckiest man in the world, but I am the most blessed pastor in the world to be in this place so uh, I'm also blessed to have so many former retired pastors and former retired missionaries in our church how in the world that ever happened I don't know but uh, what an honor to serve as pastor to other pastors and to missionaries Well, let me talk for a moment about the future and then a few words from scripture During the interim time, which begins next Sunday, I'm working this week, by the way, you know, I'm working all the way to the 31st, so so the interim begins next Sunday, and Randy Hughes, Dr. Randy Hughes, one of our elders, will be preaching in the entire month of November, and Randy is going to serve as chair of the elder body and the point man with the staff, and he's already met with the staff, I think some of them a couple of times. And so Randy will be leading the elders and serve in a special relationship with, with the staff. And he'll be preaching. Randy, I love you. Thank you for taking that responsibility. You're in great hands. Believe me, you're in great hands. And then Matt Hollingsworth is going to be the day-to-day chief executive. Is a good title for it, Matt, of the staff working closely in conjunction with, with Craig and Gary, and we're in good hands. What a great staff. All pastoral care assignments have been made, so you don't have to worry if something happens that it's gonna fall through the cracks. It, it is completely covered. The preaching calendar is completed until at least Easter, and they'll be working beyond that. And uh, we're not going to have an interim pastor for now. The Elders and the staff will continue to give leadership at some point in the future, the, side made, the church may decide to call an interim, but not for now. And I have full confidence in the elders and the staff to lead you well. All ministries are moving forward um, with the exception of Tune Up. I'll do Tune Up Wednesday at noon and then we'll suspend that for a little while. But all ministries will move forward. Now, the pastor search process. Uh, You've already heard about some bylaw changes that have been recommended by the elders, and you'll vote on that November the 1st. And uh, if it passes, or even if it doesn't pass, on November the 2nd, uh, you'll be sent a nominating form so that you can nominate people to serve on the pastor search committee. That nomination will stay open through November 16th. Then on about the 17th or 18th, The voting form will go to you with the highest man and woman in the three age groups that are listed. You'll see it. And the voting process will go from the 18th through the 29th. And on December the 6th, the first Sunday in December, your new pastor search team will be introduced, commissioned, and you will pray over them as they begin their work. Please pray for them. Please support them. Please let them do their work. Uh, They will report often to keep you informed. And I'm encouraging them, whoever they may be, and I'm sure some of the eventual people in that team are right here. I want to encourage you to go slowly and very prayerfully as you look for your next pastor. Nothing will be gained by speed and much could be lost. So be very careful and prayerful. Now, when your new pastor arrives, he will not have a bigger cheerleader than me. Well, maybe his wife, but, you know, he won't have a bigger cheerleader than me whoever he may be and known only to God at this moment. But I will love him and I will pray for him and his family and support him and encourage him just as Dr. Leroy Kemp and Dr. Gene Kemp have done for me. So I will do for my successor. He will not be Andy Davis. At least I hope he won't be Andy Davis. He will be God's man. That's the important thing. He will be God's man. He'll have a lot of strengths that I don't have. And he will lead you to a great future. Meanwhile, the spiritual vision team is already beginning their work, moving forward under guidance given to them from the elders. I will tell you this about a new pastor. A new pastor will love it when a church is able to say to him, here is our vision. He will love that. And so I'm delighted that the spiritual vision team is proceeding with their work in the days to come now let me say a couple of words about the hilltop uh, as you know we've taken a strategic pause it is imperative that at the right moment we move forward we'll be redesigning you'll be redesigning uh, the church building which will be placed on the most beautiful property in all of bell county and god is allowing for us a time of testing Not so that we can say, we can't do it. We voted overwhelmingly to do this, you remember. And we are rethinking details. But God did not lead us to do this, only now to say, I was kidding you. God does not say, I was kidding you. We are having our metal tested and our spiritual commitment tested. I recall from Scripture when Israel went to the edge of the promised land, And decided that the giants were too much and they were afraid. So they had the privilege of walking in the wilderness for 40 years. They finally got back to the edge of the promised land and said, this time we'll do it. And they did, led by God. Don't wander in the wilderness. Move in, move on. And you will have the leadership of a new pastor to help you cross into what I'm calling not just a hilltop, but the promised land. He will be here soon to help you, to help the elders, to help our lay leadership. And it will be a joyous experience. And you can be sure if God continues to give me health and strength, the opening day, I'll be there. And I'll look forward to it. I'm grateful for the ministries that our church has been involved in. Many of them we've helped to lead through the years. I'm so thankful for the growth of Helping Hands Ministry. So many of you are involved in that bringing Habitat to Humanity to our community, Family Promise, the Body of Christ Community Clinic, and so many other ministries that you are involved in. Everywhere I go, you're there. You're there. You're serving. You're an incredible church family. Now, I want to say one more thing before I move on to what Sharon and I are going to do. I thank God for the relationship that I've been able to have with the University of Mary and baylor This is my wife's alma mater, my daughter and son-in-law's alma mater. And if you had told me when I started in the ministry, someday you will be a trustee, not only that, you'll be the chairman of the trustees at the University of Mary Hart and Baylor, I would have said, you've got to be kidding. There's no way a guy like me would ever be chairman of anything or even on on a, a body of trustees but it's been my joy and privilege to work with three of the greatest presidents that exist in the face of the earth. And that's Dr. Bobby Parker, Dr. Jerry Balcom, and Dr. Randy O'Rear. And I love Dr. Balcom and Dr. O'Rear, two of the best friends I have ever had in all my life. And, and I love Dr. Parker before his passing on to eternity. I appreciate the relationship between the church and the school. It is extraordinary Believe me, it is extraordinary. And I'm glad to have been part of it. Now, what are Sharon and I going to do? We're keeping our membership here, okay? I guess the most important part, we'll keep sending our tithe here, okay? (laughs) And we'll still be praying. We are, however, going to be scarce for a little while because you don't need me hovering around. You need to move on without me hiding in the shadows back there and so we'll be scarce for a little while and when the new pastor comes i'll look forward to meeting him but we're not going to hover around for a while we want him to get established without us being here and folks saying what do you think well the response to that is we're happy but we're not gonna we're not gonna be here so just understand Uh, however we do have our daughter and her family who are members here and so that's tough. We may show up once in a while, but if we do, we'll be right back up there on the top row of the balcony and maybe you won't even know we're there. At some point we'll return and just be right there in the big middle of everything, looking forward to serving. In the meantime, I would be open to doing interims or pulpit supply, or whatever, you know, we'll see what the Lord, what the Lord does, what he opens up. November and December, uh, I'm giving to my wife and my family. and and some rest and then when that's over we'll serve the Lord in whatever way he leads I've been asked about funerals so I want to say something about that and if I've been told that this is what Dr. Kemp said when he left First Baptist Belton and if I'm wrong you can correct me later some have said will you still do my funeral my word okay here's my response in the interim If I can, if I can assist with a funeral, leave with a funeral, and if I'm available, then I will be glad to help. However, when the new pastor arrives, he needs to be the pastor. And so you need to ask him to do those services. If, if he wants me to assist, I would be willing to do that. But you need to let him be the pastor. And so I hope you'll, I hope you'll remember that. Did I get it right, Dr. Kemp? Pretty close. Okay. All right. We've done more funerals together than I can I can remember. All right, please your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1. You may be saying, "My soul, how long is he going to go?" Uh, really not much longer. Philippians chapter 1 verse 3. Okay, one more time stand up. You know, I can't can't read scripture. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. I thank my God. Now, this is personal. Help me embrace it. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now drop down to verse 27. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that by God. For it is it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now here that I still have. You may be seated. Paul had incredible memories of the church in Philippi. I have incredible memories of the church in Belton. For me to be too specific this morning would cause me to completely lose it, so I'm not going to do that, I hope. But I have joyous memories of so many of you. You have blessed my life. And so I want you to know that I have a lifetime of memories. I have 32 years of memories stored up in my memory bank that caused me when I think of you to rejoice and say, thank you, Lord Jesus, for the privilege of knowing these men and these women. So many things have happened through the years. Like this week, just as an example, Jason and Jude Ruzica came into my office and gave me a box of candy. I hadn't taken that home yet. <clears throat> and And two drawings that they had colored. And through the years... I've gotten so many drawings from kids and and I'm so grateful. Those are the kind of things that stir and warm a pastor's heart. Yesterday, you know, you think I have the only parade this, this afternoon? No, there was a parade yesterday back here for Molly Kate Elkins. Precious, precious little girl. And cars lined up to drive by. That's what we do during COVID. That's all we can do and wave at Molly Kate. Those kinds of memories... Are precious and I will treasure them forever and and then I, I look at this text and I see some prayers that I'm giving for your future prayers for your conduct that you live in a way that is worthy of the gospel just like you're doing now serving sharing living for Christ my dad said you're a Davis you better live like it and I remembered that you and I are the family of Christ and the family of First Baptist Belton and also part of the greater body of Christ in the church universal. So we're challenged to behave the way citizens of the kingdom are supposed to behave and so we shall, just as you have. I, I remember early on, I'm uh, early in my pastorate, Sunday night after church we're going with some other couples to, I think it was Pam and Tom Taylor's house, but I'm not real sure where we were going, but we were going. And I'm, you know, the pastor is usually one of the last to leave the building, and so I'm getting stuff ready, getting ready to go. And uh, Josh Pearson, Josh was, uh, he was just a kid at that point, uh, Craig and Kay's youngest son. And so he came up and said, can I ride with you? They were going too. And he said, can I ride with you? And I said, sure. Is it all right with your mom and dad? And he said, yes, I've already asked them. So we finally shut the doors and get into my car. And I realized everybody's at the Taylors waiting. So I take off down 6th Street. And yes, I was going too fast. Here are the blue lights. I looked over at Josh and I couldn't tell if he was thoroughly enjoying this or, or if he was shocked. But I rolled down my window, you know, the, you know, the, the deal. And the officer leaned his head in and he said, "Well, hello, pastor. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go anywhere. That folks don't know you." And I've learned early on that's important. You're known as a follower of Christ. And so, by the way, I want to take partial credit for Josh being an attorney today. I think probably that stirred his interest in the law. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, it says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we live as men and women who know that our citizenship is in heaven. We are a colony of heaven on earth the world generally knows only the gospel that they see in us. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 2, Paul says it explicitly. You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. That's what we are. Keep sharing Jesus globally. Exhibit the grit and tenacity as followers of Christ that I have seen in you for 32 years. And keep on being joyful. I pray for your cooperation. Verse twenty-seven, the last part of the verse, talks about striving together. It's an athletic term. Um, a team working together. The Greek word is Sun Sunathleio. Here, athleo, It's an it's athlete. We get our word athlete from that. It means striving together for the gospel. That's what a church does. We strive together for the gospel in one spirit, Paul says. There is unity in, in, in the body. Do not let voices from the, from the outside divide you, but stay unified, striving together in one spirit and stand firm, as Paul says. Dig in those heels and say we will not be moved, but we will stand together. We will strive together with one goal and that is the faith of the gospel one goal the faith of the gospel and we understand we need each other and then I pray for your consideration your consideration of what verses 28 to 30 your consideration of the times your consideration of the things that are coming we've talked about those don't be frightened the end is certain and the presence of the holy spirit is certain what we don't know is what will happen or what we will experience along the way we've talked about suffering coming in beginning to come in waves and we're prepared we are prepared for that suffering paul says is proof that you're saved jesus said it in john 16:33 if if they hate me they're going to hate you and in second timothy chapter 3 verse 12 Paul said, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So be be calm in the face of opposition. And realize that Paul says in verse 29, suffering is a gift from God. Wow. Suffering is a gift from God. And others are in this with us. We are part of the greater community of brothers and sisters in Christ. We are not alone. We are not in competition with other churches but we are to cooperate with all of those who preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is an unusual community. The cooperation between churches is phenomenal. It is rarely like this, I'm sorry to say, in other places. But I've had such great fellowship with fellow pastors, and I rejoice in that, and the cooperation between churches. Did you know I was, I was literally blown away last Sunday morning at Temple Bible Church They put my picture up on the screen. I have no idea where they got it, but they put my picture up on the screen and they prayed for me as part of their congregational worship. And somebody told me it went on for 20 minutes. I don't know if that's really true or an exaggeration, but they prayed for me. My goodness. And then this week we got a a beautiful flower, a beautiful plant from the Belton Church of Christ. Just those kind of relationships. I've had emails and texts from my fellow pastors, some as late as five minutes before the service started. And I'm thankful for those relationships. Understand that we hold hands together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And as we experience spiritual conflict, it will exercise our spiritual muscles and it will make us stronger. We're in the arena And we understand that genuine belief costs. But we will stand together in serving the Lord. So I must finish. Church, heads up, eyes on Jesus, and move out. Heads up, eyes on Jesus, and move out for the glory of the gospel. My final invitation, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. But God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you one of the whosoever who needs to call on the name of the Lord today? In a moment, we're going to stand. Brother Gary will lead us in the singing of our invitation hymn. And as he does, I invite you to give your life to Jesus. I'm going to be standing right here at the front If you've never committed your heart and life to Jesus as Savior and Lord, I invite you to slip out of your seat, come to the front, tell me, Pastor, I need Jesus, and a member of our staff will be here to pray with you that on this day you might come into a saving relationship with Jesus. Will you come? Now, Father, you're speaking to someone, and I pray that that young person... That adult who needs Jesus will come right now trusting him as Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Will you stand, please? If you would like more information, visit our church website at www.fbcbelton.org or call our church office at 254-939-0705. We are located at 506 North Main Street in Belton, Texas. We hope to see you soon.